what's up everyone? My name is Alan Delisle. I am the technical sales coordinator over here at Philips Precision. Welcome to Delivering Perfect Parts Faster. I want to say thank you so much for checking us out today. Here at Philips, we're a manufacturing laboratory where breaking bottlenecks with industry-changing work holding, cutting-edge technology, and process improvements are helping the industry deliver perfect parts faster. And if you like what you hear today, I encourage you to head over and follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and check us out at www.philips-precision.com for access to guest info, company info, all of our product lines, as well as videos and demonstrations. And if you're looking for a better way to get parts through inspection faster, give us a shout. We have engineers and designers in-house to answer questions and help develop the effective concepts that you need to deliver perfect parts faster. We very much enjoy having you with us, so be sure to come back for future episodes as we continue our discussion with industry experts on delivering perfect parts faster. Thanks for checking us out again, and we hope that you enjoyed today's show. Today we're sitting down with a couple of industry experts. We have Travis Smith sitting in with us, as well as a good friend of ours over here at Phyllis Precision, Mr. Glenn James, who is a manufacturer's representative who covers Arizona and Utah. Today we're talking a bit about breaking inspection bottlenecks, specifically in first article inspection, and how modular inspection fixturing is changing the game for metrology labs across the board. Travis, great having you here with us today. Want to give us a quick background and tell us a bit about yourself? I was a machinist for 16 years. I was in quality for as a quality engineer for five, and I spent two years as a CMM programmer. Sweet. That's awesome. Awesome. And Glenn, how are you doing today? Good about yourself. I'm doing good. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm, uh, I've got a background primarily in aerospace machining for 25 years. Uh, like Travis, I did uh, some substance and inspection. Mine were a little more primitive, so uh, surface plates, sign bars, Height gauges, um, those Taylor kind of gauges, exactly. <laughs> but uh, but again, primarily aerospace, uh, some medical industry, uh, all of it tight tolerance. Cool, cool, that's awesome. So, uh, Travis, what do you what do you see going on out there as far as the current state of the industry for inspectors, for customers, shop owners, production managers, at whole nine yards? Um, there's a bottleneck a lot of times around a CMM due to the time it takes to get their stuff checked mm-hmm. when they bring it in from the shop, especially first articles. Uh, a lot of shops don't have very many CMMs. So if a programmer is running or setting up a new program and getting things moved around, it, inevitably somebody comes in with a hot first article and that's really Absolutely. pollutes the guy's day that's doing the programming and it, it literally makes it divisive between the CMM programmers and the machinists in the shop because he's mad at them for ruining what he's doing and they're mad at him because it isn't done yet. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And then overall, I'm sure the whole production line gets kind of followed up and either either they're got spindles sitting down idle while they're waiting or they're continuing to make bad parts because they're trying to keep up with the, you know, with the time. But then they're making bad parts and they have to turn around and go and scrap all that stuff in the end anyway. So. Yeah, they a lot of them will run at risk, basically yeah, is what okay. they call it. So, yeah, for sure, for sure. How about you? What do you see, Glenn? Are you kind of seeing as far as I agree with Travis that again, uh, there's a significant bottleneck at quality control, and uh, what I do find, I guess, exciting in a way, is that both the the client, the end user of the components that are being manufactured, and the manufacturer are really kind of on the same page and the same team. 
because the bottom line is as a as a customer i want a, a the least expensive part that i can pay for and as a manufacturer i want to make the least expensive part i can make uh to maximize my profit so you know again it's uh it, for two different reasons but both the client and the customer or excuse me both the the manufacturer and the end user are on the same page they want a, a, a less expensive part um and again if if there's a way to to get that through quality to help break that bottleneck at quality control uh obviously that's a significant advantage and what i've found is uh you know we we really do focus on quick change fixturing for it from the manufacturing side for the mills and or lays whatever your manufacturing process is and there's a downside to that is that it puts a heavier load on quality control um first articles are coming in quicker if they can get their setup time down to 30 minutes 20 minutes or less um that's more first articles hitting quality control uh you know they're streamlining on the floor we need to figure out a really good way to streamline in the quality department for sure for sure what kind of things you seeing coming in now or down the pipeline that are you know kind of like those cr critical and crucial new technologies that are really changing the game well, obviously, uh, CMM technology is getting better and better. Um, now, it's with programmable servo-controlled CMMs, um, you know, again, turnaround times have gotten quicker, uh, but parts are coming off the machines with more features. Um, a lot of these uh, uh, spindles that will, you know, move apart and, you know, move it from different uh, work centers inside a single machine, mill turns, for example. Now, instead of getting one plane of features and with 20 different features on it you get a almost a complete part with can have hundreds of features on it um and again that uh that throws more of a load on quality is that they've got to figure out a way to hold it access multiple uh datums on that part be able to, to read and check as many type tolerance features as they can and again it's not 12 or 20 anymore it can be 100 or more yeah, uh, for every first article they get for sure how about you, Travis? The kind of along the same lines as Glenn, a lot of the parts that are being produced now are significantly more complex almost every year. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the only way that they can check a lot of the features is on a CMM. So right. they're, they really don't have any choice and they're sort of held hostage by that, mm -hmm. that uh, yep. requirement. One thing I've actually noticed is, um, the use of like the multi-sensor machines. So they use the vision and the CMM um, at the same time on the same machine, which is nice because vision gives you that real quick snapshot, you know what I mean? Which allows you to get really quick measurements, but I get that you can't obviously can't see every aspect of something with just a single lens aimed in a certain direction. So then you have to come down and probe it in certain situations too. But by doing it on the same machine, they got one program. It takes a snapshot vision system and probes it all at once. And it's really kind of streamlines that as well. So instead of having to go from the vision system and then now all of a sudden it goes back into process and then onto the CMM for the next step, you can have one one process. I thought that was kind of a cool new thing I was seeing. I agree. It's an exciting but, evolution um, uh, in the vision systems because now those are also servo controlled, many of them. And uh, with the probe access, being able to hit more than one plane. And uh, yeah, it's an exciting evolution. Yeah, for sure. What were you going to say, Travis? No, uh, Glenn pretty much covered it. So oh, Gotcha, gotcha. So what do you see, you know, you had mentioned this modular quick swap fixturing, um, Glenn, what do you guys see as far as that being part of the critical future of where inspection is going and the speeds that we need to well, see? Well, 
modular fixing obviously gives you the advantage of being able to move a fixture after it's assembled and leaving it assembled. Um, so in a quality environment where it may be difficult or time consuming to build uh, V blocks and, and clamps and, you know, different things to hold a particular component, you don't have to disassemble it uh, to check another part. So if, again, if you've got a, uh, maybe a job that runs, it's a long-term agreement and you run thousands of these a month, um, you're going to need to do in-process inspections often to make sure that the tolerances are being held uh, with a modular fixture, mm -hmm. just like you would on a mill, you can move it, replace it, set up a new job and go very, very quickly and save mm -hmm. your existing fixturing. So if uh, in process, if you're involved in another big project and you've moved on, maybe multiple parts to in line um, and somebody comes in with a, uh, an in process inspection, you can snap a modular fixture right onto the CMM, uh, check your part and, uh, and, you know, qualify it or disqualify it and move right back onto your previous project without any significant downtime. On, on the advantage of modular it's especially for the CMM programmer. He no longer has to tear down the stuff he had going for the new program. That is such a nice option. And it also makes it a lot less inconvenient for him. Not only is it faster because he doesn't have to tear it down, he pulls his plate out, plugs in the plate for the guy that's that needs the first article, runs it, gives that guy his part, pulls that plate off, put his back on, loads his program. He's he goes from their program to his program in two, three minutes before it, it could literally be an hour, two hours, depending on how complex the setup is. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, and a lot of times when he tears it down, he has to start over on his program because everything's yeah. moved. Of course. And this yeah. would allow him to not have to do that. He wouldn't even have to do another manual alignment or anything. No. Manual alignment the first time, as long as it goes back on the machine, the same place. He could literally just continue picking features True. on that part. It's going to be within a couple of thou of where it was before. Mm -hmm. So when he goes to run that on the, on the next part, as soon as it's qualified, mm -hmm. in which every program does, mm -hmm. it'll, be, it'll be a done deal. And he, absolutely. he will be a lot less aggravated by interruptions. Yeah, absolutely. And we know all how that goes. Uh, how does a customer know or how does a customer reach out to you um, that would gear you towards figuring out what the solution, the best solution or the perfect solution for them would be? What are the different types of questions that you ask or the different types of things that they come you, to you with that would lead you down the road to get them a, you know, whatever you would you know, put together as that package for the perfect solution for their, for their uh, issue? A lot of times they, they don't even know there is a solution. The, to their knowledge, the way they've been doing it is the only way to do it, which makes it even more frustrating for them. But it also keeps them from really looking for a, an alternative process or option. So asking them how much uh, of a pain point waiting for the CMM to, to check first articles is almost always nails that right down. And right. You, you get an emotional response, not just a a verb, yeah. you know, and a yes or no. It's it's a uh, emphatic or or not. Oh, you're gonna fix that for me? Whoa, great! Yeah, I well, get that. It's usually tempered with some anger or <laughs> something, you know, some other issue uh, emotion that's similar to that. So when you when you present that as as a as something that is flexible, they they really like it. 
for sure. And I think you're right. I, I, I feel that I see more people reacting to, um, to the, the pain solution rather than the, 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 the dollar value that, you know, can be seen or made or saved, you know, and although that's something to be spoken for, but I think the pain solution is really where, where the, the, the big, uh, the big response is. It, it depends on which person in the company you're asking. The the owner or the manager sees the dollar value and improved process flow and, and more throughput. The guy on the machine's just like, hey, this is not nearly a pain in my butt anymore. And I'm happy to to check your first article. Bring it in. No problem. Right, right. And and it, maybe it's not even the money saving on this job, but it's being able to speed up this job, make this much less, this many less hours of inspection which then opens up this capital equipment for another job to come in, and then they can just fit more work into the same amount of time. Yeah, you, you improved their throughput and made their employees happier to work with each other. So that's always a, a win-win. Absolutely. Glenn, what do you think? Anything to, anything to add? Well, yeah, uh, uh, a multifaceted uh, challenge requires a multifaceted answer, and the... Uh, a lot of aerospace clients, the aerospace end users, uh, will build into a long-term agreement, a uh, an agreement that says, okay, you as the manufacturer are going to reduce your uh, price to me by, say, 10% a year for the first three years. Um, that's, a, that's a lot to bite off. You know, when you're bidding it and trying to keep the contract beyond three years, you really need to commit to doing that. Uh, so you need to find ways to make it less expensive rather urgently. Um, that combined with the fact that all, you know, every machine shop spindle uptime is where the money's made. So if you can reduce, uh, voids in production by keeping the spindle turning, uh, it's a win-win. You can then offer these, uh, a percentage of these savings onto your client, driving those, his costs down all while ensuring that you'll get the contract next time it comes around at the end of its expiration period. Um, and then you still have to factor in the load on the inspector because, uh, again, if you can reduce his uh, time commitment to a particular part, um, he can cover more ground. And as Travis said, uh, and you said, too, if you, uh, you know, free up spindle time, that's another job you can get in that machine. That's more money that can be made, more profits for the company, uh, more that can be reinvested in, uh, in processes, machinery, and, uh, and cut higher tech cutting tools. What do you guys see? Do you see a shift going from um, maybe a shift from custom fixturing as being a little bit more necessary in the past because there was less and less fixturing options available on for CMMs in inspection? And are people now shifting more towards like a modular systems and modular... Um, components and things like that i definitely do the uh you know there's been sometimes uh, you know three-dimensional machine parts that have very odd features radii that go into angles and uh you know basically difficult to hold and so they were having uh three-dimensional fixtures made to cradle and support these parts um and then clamping them in position uh, obviously there's a lot of downsides to that they're expensive to make first of all if they're ever uh dropped or damaged um you have to remake them they're expensive to remake uh with a modular type system uh it, there's so many different 
you know, uh, holding devices that we can apply towards a particular part um, and reduce the constraint on a part. A lot of these parts now are getting very thin walls, uh, you know, materials that, and dimensions that don't lend themselves well to uh, a lot of pressure to hold them in position. So with modular fixturing and modular clamping, you can determine the best way to fixture something. And even if you set it up and you test it and you go, okay, no load it measures here under the clamp load it measures here it's a super quick and easy fix to move over one grid of tapped holes to, to maybe clamp it in a different position or you understand what i'm driving at that uh it's a simple uh easily repairable and approachable uh tact to get the fixturing you want without having spent a bunch of money to determine oh a it didn't work or b it was great until I turned around and knocked it off the CMM and it took a bounce off the floor. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, it, even if you dropped uh, uh, one of our modular type fixtures, you know, the, the, and even if it got damaged, the rebuild is relatively inexpensive and very, very fast. Mm -hmm. How about you, Travis? What do you see there as far as custom fixturing versus going to modular? I think it's been easier to go to get away from some of the custom fixturing. Mm -hmm. because of the way they can add pictures in CMM programs now. Okay. It's much easier to have that. A lot of them have instructions that go along with the program that has a picture of, you know, what it looks like in the setup, where it goes on the plate, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So that makes it much more, it lends to be more modular and more, uh, more of a simple, yeah, simple type of setup because it's only got to be repeatable close enough that the CMM can find it again. Right, right, yeah. So it's it makes been, it more replicatable. They can build it again and right. get it on there. But again, with a modular system with like the quick swap system um, on the a lock and load system, for example, you could build it just one time and it loads in and loads in yeah. and out without having to rebuild it for sure. Yep. Um, one of the big, I wanted to add, one of the big um, values with going with a modular system or a modular component system too is gives you the ability to build a, a dedicated fixture out of standard product instead of, you know, this custom product. And like Glenn said, it's, it's nice. They in these custom fixtures are very expensive. Now here at Phillips, we do custom fixturing all the time because we understand there's always going to be some weird thing, or maybe somebody wants a pallet of something. There's always going to be a modification that needs to be made here or there, depending on the job. And every job is different. Every shop is different. Every process is different. So that's definitely something we do on a regular basis here, but What's nice about building a dedicated fixture out of the standard components is that now when that part that this fixture is for goes obsolete and you're not making it anymore, you're not throwing like a $7,000 custom fixture out the window. You're not saying, well, the job's done. This is done. No, you just take all those parts down and use it for the next, for something else. Use it for the next thing that comes through or maybe something six months later, but you're not, you're not stuck with a a disposable thing. Yep. I just have one more thing to add. It's uh, we never want to underestimate um, shop environment, shop morale. And, uh, you know, from the manufacturing side, if the setup guy, the setup and operations guy, uh, his job's gotten pretty easy. He's getting a set of uh, tools from the tool room and the Z values are already set and he just puts them in the spindle slaps a, a, a pre-made fixture. You know, he picks up X, Y, and basically hits a button and he's making parts. But again, that load uh, builds up on the inspector because now that first article's off and hey, bud, my spindle's sitting, I gotta get this first article. And then he's got other machines, other machinists that he needs to support. 
Um, and I've seen great inspectors, uh, really exceptional inspectors, um, that just are unhappy and they're, you know, in a meltdown situation because they're just under so much pressure. And if we can find a way to lighten their load, um, you know, it's you, you get qualified people, you get good people, you want to retain them. And if you can help lighten that inspector's load to where he's light and airy, his life is breezy, uh, you're going to wind up retaining that guy. And uh, th that those kind of skills are not something you want to wander down the street to your competition. I would actually go with the other side of that same coin that, that Glenn was on and go with the ease, how easy it would it makes it, especially on off shifts for operators that have, say, lower skills to be able to walk in, okay, it's this plate because it matches the part number I'm holding. I put it on, you know, like the picture next to it says, plug it into the CMM, pull up my program, hit run. A, I don't have to touch anything off, which is where most people crash a CMM, especially folks that are not adept or used to running them. And then if it's less stress for those guys, A, they're faster, they're less stressed, and they get better parts and the CMM programmer doesn't have to come in and pick up probes and things of that nature that may be damaged. And so it's easier for those guys on the off shift too, that may have less guidance and less lower skill sets for doing these sort of things. Yeah. Especially in today's day where we have such a hard time backfilling the, uh, the, the workforce you know, in, in this industry, everybody's retiring out and we have less and less people coming in because it's kind of a shrouded industry for one thing. And, uh, you know, less and less awareness to the new generations that we that there's even an industry here for them that is a lucrative industry, but they don't know about it. Absolutely. And one more thing I'd like to add is getting back to the versatility factor of uh, modular fixturing. In this particular case, uh, you can use a fixture on a CMM. Check your part. Uh, if there's and that's you can check every feature that you can access. Um, but there may be some quick, uh, you know, tight tolerance features that you could check on a optical comparator. Well, there's no reason why you can't move that fixture right to your optical comparator, pick up a quick angle, pick up a quick dimension without taking time off of the CMM. That guy can keep doing his gig. Um, yeah, let's say that particular part needs to be part marked, laser marked. Um, if the fixturing for the CMM and or the optical comparator will put that part in position where you can laser the, the part mark on it, you can move it from CMM optical comparator into your laser marker and and only use one fixture never tear it down and then you know the if, wherever the the part marking is they can just return it back to quality control uh when they're done with that uh you know with that fixture it's just a really super quick versatile easy to use system absolutely yeah, i mean as far as the, the laser marking goes um like for our product here inspection arsenal it's co-branded as Laser Arsenal, so it actually is the only dedicated and and um, and specific fixturing that's actually for laser marking machines at this point. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. You can move it from the machine to the laser marker or to an optical comparator, a portable gauge arm, um, you know, onto vision systems, and um, you know, even for the ZCAT machines, we have we make uh, base plates for this new ZCAT machines down here too. So, you're absolutely right. And, uh, and again, that brings us back to the workforce thing where you don't need to have a, a high level programmer available all the time. So, yeah, so that now saves you on personnel costs. Maybe you only have to have one qualified programmer and only a few lesser qualified or lesser skilled 
um, operators running around. So yeah, absolutely. I can see, I see where you're coming from on that for sure. Um, what are your typical customers look like or where are your typical customers struggling the most when it comes in, when it comes to their inspection process, where do you see the most struggle happening? I would say the, the difference in interpretation to what the, the GD and T requirements on the print say GD and T is really not open for translation, but everybody seems to kind of have their own understanding of, of how things are really supposed to correlate versus the way they really are written and the way they, they have to be. Okay. So having a CMM that you can put that data in the program to calculate a true position or a max material condition, two of the things that, or least material condition, the three things that I see most people argue over or scratch their head over because they don't even know what the, the acronym stands for. And a CMM can, you can put that in as pulling one of the data points and do an MMC to, you know, for this feature and the, the operator, especially the lower skilled folks don't have to, to try and figure out what in the heck this is asking me for. They just, they have some notes that say, if it's low offset, this tool positive, if it's high offset, this tool negative, boom. That, those notes are almost always, or for me, they were always, we always gave them to the operator. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And what you're saying with the operator being able to inspect their own parts, we here, we promote a lot of in-process improvement or in-process inspection, I should say. Um, mm -hmm. So another, you know, big thing like the ZCAT machine is that portable, the portable ZCAT kind of looks like a coffee urn almost. And yep. um, so people are setting those up right on the shop floor and operators can right on their work cell, they can grab the part right out of the CNC machine turn around, put it right on the CMM machine, press go, and just turn around and start run, you know, setting up another machine or running another machine, and they can be doing multiple things at one time. It's a great way to be able to multi multitask and make it that much easier for them. Yeah, for, for a skilled guy to be able to set that up that quick and then go do something else while it runs, mm -hmm. he's going to be a lot more efficient in his day. For sure, for sure. Are you guys seeing any, any requests for, like, robotic applications in your – in inspection or anything like that? Has anybody ever mentioned that to you? Um, I've had a couple of customers look at it, but I don't know how serious they were looking at it. So they're, they're, they're investing in robotic um, manufacturing. So it's, it'll just be a matter of time before the evolution comes to the quality side for those, those specific products. I mean, we, we are, we're, I'm working with a couple of companies here um, to try to get the ball rolling on that. Um, and come up with different grippers and things like that. Because really, with a uh, a robotic application, you could run one program because the machine or the robot doesn't care what the part is. So if you have a bunch of plates with fixtures pre-built on them, your operators come up and load up this plate, this plate, this plate. This, you know, with their very, you know, with whatever parts, and you run the programs. The, the robotic arm just goes and picks up the plate and puts it on the machine. The, it doesn't care what the part is. It's still picking up the same plate every single time. Basically, it thinks. And uh, you can basically have that machine load and unload those fixtures all weekend long and never even have, and, and go completely right yeah, out. And, yeah, and still collect data and not be worried about running. For sure, risk. for sure. Yep, yep. And actually, one of your engineers is, uh, we've been working on a project, Alan, for a client that I've got here in Arizona that's, uh, I, I wouldn't say it's actually a robotic 
application, but it is a large palletized fixture that will do, you know, I, I can't remember the exact quantity, but I think it was like 50 pieces mm -hmm. of the same part. Uh, so it would have to be manually loaded, but with uh, inspection arsenals, uh, what they've offered, it's a quick, quick bank load. Um, and then, uh, but the CMM has to check a lot of features at odd angles and the pallet is set up to where the, uh, the probe can access all the features it needs to access, but each part takes you know, 20 minutes uh, to check. And what the, uh, the client wants to do is basically set the parts up because they are, it's an aerospace application that's gotta be 100% checked. So they can put 100% of the parts they manufacture on this, uh, at 50 at a time on this pallet um, and then run it lights out. You know what I mean? It can, you know, it's got a, a location for each fixture. Uh, it will qualify each part. If there's a failure, um, they can, you know, determine the you know, failure was at B3 and know exactly that that part failed for whatever reason. Um, and uh, so, you know, I, I guess the CMM would be servo controlled, but uh, again, not robotically loading, but you could get to that point for Absolutely. sure. Yeah, for sure. And uh, depending on what your, your part count needs are, but I thought that was a fascinating application and a huge time saver. Cause again, if you come in, you know, after the weekend and you've got, you know, 12, 15 hours worth of inspection already done, that's a huge plus. Yeah. You can start your day real quick. So when they're loading up that, are they running two? Are they doing 50 at a time with two fixtures? So as one's running, right. they're loading up the next and then that's, you guys swap. That's what's being considered. The, the project yeah. isn't done yet, but I think that's their goal is to, uh, is to, you know, load 50, bank it, run it, load another 50, set it aside. When, when fixture one's done, uh, remove it, slide mm -hmm. fixture two in and just start the program again. And yes, yeah, that's, that's the way to that go. Yeah, and, that's, uh, big, that's Victor's big secret. <laughs> well, and it leaves this, the inspector off to do more important things. Again, these are generally highly skilled, uh, highly paid employees. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it, it, it frees up their time to do more important things. And if, if those more important things are out on the floor doing an in-process, in-process inspection that keeps a spindle turning again, and the end picture is let's make more profits for the company and in the aerospace case where you're trying to drive the cost down uh, and guaranteeing your client they'll go down. This gives you the ability to keep that spindle turning. I really appreciate you guys coming in today. This has been a great conversation. I love talking about this stuff. I, uh, if you have anything else that you'd like to add, um, feel free to go ahead and do so. Otherwise, we can wrap this up. I think I'm pretty, pretty clear. Pretty good. Yep. Well done. But uh, but Travis, Alan, appreciate your guys' time, man. Yeah. That was awesome. No Thanks problem. for the invitation, guys. Perfect. No problem. I appreciate you guys coming on. I will be in touch. If you need anything from me, give me a shout anytime. All right. Have a good weekend. Thanks again. Perfect. You guys, too. If you like what you hear today, I encourage you to head over and follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and check us out at www.phillips-precision.com for access to guest info, company info, all of our product lines, as well as videos and demonstrations. And if you're looking for a better way to get parts through inspection faster, give us a shout. We have engineers and designers in-house to answer questions and help develop the effective concepts that you need to deliver perfect parts faster. We very much enjoy having you with us, so be sure to come back for future episodes as we continue our discussion with industry experts on delivering perfect parts faster. Thanks for checking us out again, and we hope that you enjoyed today's show.